PFF forecast with uh, George and Eric. We're going to talk about um, some non-football bets that we are sweating slash already uh, sweated through this morning. Um, and then we are going to do quarterback tiers. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there may be some tiers as well. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to address Eric on his very questionable tiering of last year's quarterbacks. And we'll see whether he is here to stand for Kirk Cousins or not. You'll have to wait and find out. And then we've got Ball Sack or Just Whack and some recommendations. Let's rock. podcast started eric had to show me the uh, replay of an incredible event in a wnba game which he is currently sweating out in addition to all of the usfl by the way if you just follow eric on twitter you're going to get this like stream of consciousness about the usfl and the wnba so fair warning there um how are you doing so far this week this has been a good like last weekend to be quite honest we talked about this on the show i got killed on a few oh, on we a did. few decisions yeah um this weekend it, it's all come up slower even like I, I we got a field goal at the end there covered minus eight uh last night was also great uh over seven consecutive overs in the usfl wow yeah have you tweeted more if, if we looked at the quarterbacks you've tweeted the most about here's my prediction okay it would be number one kirk cousins number two patrick mahomes and number three case cookies <laughs> can, can i can i get a, a actual um a a confession i've actually muted one of those quarterbacks names because my issue is kirk cousins yeah my issue with <laughs> kirk cousins is i i and, and look you can call me elitist you can call me whatever you want 85 percent of football fans who care about kirk cousins are not smart enough to understand the point right hmm. in that he's a good quarterback who's not good enough to win on his current salary it shouldn't be that fucking hard but it's hard and, and so, like, I don't like interacting with people who, like, who don't, who don't, like, take the time to understand that point of view, right? So, um, for that reason, like, we just don't, I don't really just, like, and, and at this point, like, I've already made thousands of dollars betting they're under every single year. And so, you can think I have bad takes, but, like, you're the one who's poor, <laughs> the one that's, you know, making money off it. So, it, it, it's whatever to me, but... um and then well, Case Cookus, of course. I Case Cookus won a start yesterday. Won a start as a two and a half point underdog against the Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, not a great look last yesterday for former NFL coaches Todd Haley and Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher so far has won just one game uh, as a USFL coach. Haley's three and three. I, Ethan, can you clip the part where Eric says, um, "But you're poor, and I'm the one making money." <laughs> And please send it to me so that I can tweet it out every <laughs> single Sunday for the next <laughs> next five years. I, you know what you I, did? They don't give out Mayor of Antigua shirts. That's nothing. true. And they also don't give out purple acid wash shirts to losers either. Let's be really clear. You don't like this shirt? I do like this shirt. I, I, th I think this shirt is very befitting of the type of people in the People watching us live on YouTube right now, please let Eric know how you feel about his shirt. By the way, um, this is the podcast where we talk about the NFL and betting. And betting sometimes is not on the NFL because right now there's no NFL to bet on. So whoa, whoa, can I, I'll address our listeners, by the way. Thank you for all showing up today on a, Saturday, a Sunday afternoon. Uh, the syndicate. Notorious VC um, who said Eric Eager is roasting the haters today. I am. Uh, I'm not as good of a cook as, as George is, but I will, I will try today. Um, USFL and WNBA betting is a sign that your betting life is going off the rails. I don't think so. I actually think like there are edges to be had in these leagues. There are. And there's no NFL right now. Uh -huh. Do you really, George, you've heard my basketball takes before. They've been def defended voraciously by our fans. But like my, you, which one are you talking about? The the Jokic one that why I said he was the best player right. in the league, and then he won the MVP. But that, but he's but, not the best player in the league. But, but for the most part, yeah, my that was, my proven pretty. My NBA basketball takes are, I'll put it lightly, amateur at best. 
Yes. They are not like you don't, you don't want me to rewind to the Chris Middleton, Clay Thompson but, but, take, do you? I'm sorry. What happened to the Bucks after Chris Middleton left? Clay Clay Thompson is still better after having like an entire leg destroyed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. see, this is the issue. This is what I talk about with the, with the the Cousins people. I never said I said Chris Middleton was a poor man's Clay. You said that Chris Middleton was better than Clay Thompson. No, I did not. I said he was a poor man's Clay. We got to find that clip because he is a poor man's Clay. That just happened in the office. Like I don't think it was on. He was a poor man's you Clay. You said Chris Middleton and, was better than Clay Thompson. Just the- like last year, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the evidence here. You had Kirk Cousins ahead of Lamar Jackson. I had Kirk Cousins in the same tier. I don't know what happened as I Lamar Jackson and the This social- man had Kirk Cousins ahead of Lamar Jackson. All right. Hold we, on. Before we get to, to quarterback tiers, let me tell you about my Sunday okay. morning. Love. Okay. So for those of you that, that do not follow me along on Twitter, I have been um, I've been betting on Formula One all but I think one one race I have um, I have put out bets on. Um, and I've used a, a couple of things. First off, I'm watching practices and qualifying as much as I can. Usually it's like just a little bit here and there. I also have we have some really smart people at PFF. Ben Stockwell and uh, Brad Kondo, um, Scott Berwinkle as well, who uh, understand F1 and we talk about you know different strategies and stuff like that, who have given some really good advice. And then I also sh- shout out a guy who um, listens to, I think he listens to the podcast, is a great follow on Twitter, at Sam Hoppin, who simulates, um, uses a ELO ranking and simulates the races every single week. And um, I use his power ratings and simulations as a barometer for my bets as well. Now, I have bet on the winner in all but one race so far this year. Okay. So going into this race, let me, for those of you that have not followed along, Eric is one of them. I'll explain. So Charles Leclerc, sorry, Charles Leclerc, we've talked about how to pronounce his name, uh, and Max Verstappen are the two best by a mile. Leclerc gets pole, which means he'll start in first. Mm -hmm. And on this track, generally first is a really big advantage. There's not a ton of passing here. However, Verstappen has the better car. His car is faster, and the only reason he didn't get the pole is because he had an issue with his car at the mm-hmm. end of qualifying. So Verstappen, despite starting in second, is actually the favorite. He was like minus 110, 115. Mm-hmm. Leclerc starting on the pole was plus 150. So I'm looking at this, and I'm going, okay, Verstappen had a few issues with his car. Leclerc not only is starting in first, but also has his teammate starting in third, which I think will help him, and has a fresh set of soft tires which gives him a tiny bit of an advantage there. So Leclerc, starting in pole at plus 150, I'm like, this is a great bet. So I bet Leclerc plus 150 to win. I bet podium, which is a top three finish for both Mercedes cars, George Russell and uh, Lewis Hamilton. Russell was like plus 180, if I remember correctly, and Hamilton was like plus 350. And then I also bet Verstappen's teammate, Sergio Perez, to win at 21 to one. Okay, so these are the bets I have. Here's how the race goes. Leclerc, just gets out to a flying start. Verstappen spins out. Leclerc is like 20 seconds ahead, okay, through 25 laps. I tweet out, this is going to set up for an hour of anxiously waiting for something catastrophic to happen. And guess what happens? Charles Leclerc's car, just his power unit dies. Just fucking dies. We've all been there. He's 20 seconds ahead. The guy literally just has to cruise yeah, yeah, to a yeah, victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm now going to be, uh, you know, continue my, my streak of exquisite bets. Okay. So he has to go in. Okay. So he has to retire the car. So now I have the two Mercedes to, to pull, uh, to, to podium. And then I have Perez to win. Perez gets into first. So I'm looking at 21 to one payout right mm-hmm. now. Okay. But here's the problem. Verstappen and Perez are teammates, and Verstappen has is the better driver. He's the number one driver for the team. They want him to win. Ah, uh. so they basically tell Perez, "Hey, Verstappen is uh, what they said on a different strategy, and what that meant is we have him winning and yeah, you yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we want you to let him pass. So he lets him pass. So it goes Verstappen, Perez, and then George Russell, who I bet to podium, actually does come in third." It ended up not being all bad because I bet uh, Russell the podium and he was plus 180. Had Leclerc stayed in, Russell might not have podiumed anyways. So ended up being a good day. But I felt all of those bets were like really great bets. Uh, basically, all of them had a really great chance uh, to hit. Hamilton actually got a tire puncture 
like 10 seconds into the race and still finished, was it fifth or sixth? So P5 or six, sorry. So that is my morning for Formula One. I love, you know, I love that. Um, by the way, I don't do F1. I'm supportive. You yes, know, I'm you not, Like, I think people, w w when they don't do something because they're not interested, will go and try to trash other people for liking it. Mm -hmm. I'm extremely, Don't do that. I, I like waking up I on Sundays. I like seeing you tweet about bets you're making and stuff. I, I gotta say though, the whole time you were talking, I thought of Matt Vaskersian. Every time you say that the Vest, whatever his name yep, is, yep. I always, I always get those two, those two I always get those <laughs> two mixed up. And also when you said they start on the poll, all I could think about was yes, Talladega Nights, you. the joke, uh, right before the crepes. Um, I knew that was coming. And, and of course, uh, so so that's where I'm at. Um, you know, very uh, – by the way, so did you bet we'll, – we'll, we'll, start, we'll start talking about football in a second. But yeah. let, let, let's go lastly. I did not bet golf other than Scotty Scheffler. By the way, he didn't even make the cut. So no, at 12 to 1, he did not make the cut. I didn't know enough about that. I did not make a bet Thursday. On Friday, though, I did – I had Justin Rose in a matchup against Tiger, and as I'm wont to do, because everybody likes betting Tiger, I always think there's value on betting against Tiger. Yeah. I bet against him with Rose. Rose starts out plus three. Tiger starts out minus one. I'm I'm in a pit of misery. By the time I work is over on Friday, Rose is minus one. Tiger's plus one. I'm thinking, okay, I can go for a bike ride. I go for a bike ride. I come back. Tiger beats him, makes the cut. Did you have that bet? Did you have him making the cut? I, I bet Tiger to win and Tiger to make the cut out of loyalty. Um, loyalty, yep. Yeah, had to. Uh, I didn't, so I placed the Scheffler bet. Um, and here was the thing. So I wanted to bet this morning, uh, pre-final round. And I, after watching, I worked um, while watching the Formula One race and then after the Formula One race and basically forgot to bet to bet on, uh, on the PGA before going to work out. And by the time I got back, it was just... It already started. But um, the guy that I was thinking of betting on was Cameron Young, who is a 25-year-old kid, um, has a ton of power, has played really, really well. Mito Pereira and Matthew Fitzpatrick and Will Zalatoris. Are you kidding me? Those are the guys that are ahead of him. Let me look. He's five. Zalatoris, by the way, like really funny name, I think. I, Great. I like Zalatoris. I, am, I would not be super confident about Mito Pereira here. He's already... Uh, Prayer's already plus one through four. Sal Torres minus two through five. Cameron Young, my guy, is minus six. Yeah. Uh, one, minus one through five. I would bet Cameron Young five to one. There, there's a, there's a happy him. ending to the I'm story, betting him though, five to one. Right because now. on Saturday, I wake up not to be deterred after a big. I, mm -hmm. This is like a few hundred dollars that I lost on something I don't know all that much about, but something I have a strong opinion yeah, of. Yeah. I bet about two thirds of it back on, I think it was like Hadwin. In a matchup, it was basically even money with Woods. And Woods was the worst golfer on the course on Saturday. So I ended up getting that W there back, which was helpful. Um, Nicely done. I, I just, well, I still lost money betting t against Tiger, which which should teach me a lesson, but I will continue to do it. Um, let, Shall we do some... Uh, let's, let's tear it up. Let's tear it up. Before we tear it up, uh, it is important for me to remind you all that if you are looking to give someone a gift... Maybe a little midsummer gift. Maybe you have a birthday. Maybe you're looking to give yourself a gift. The PFF subscription is a great gift to give yourself right now because you can get it for 25% off with promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. And then that'll set you up for the entirety Love of that. the next year. Get you all the data and grades, fantasy football rankings and projections, all of our locked fantasy content. And with an elite subscription, you get all of the great betting tools that we use and talk about every single day. Also, if you are using pff.com that right now that probably means that you are going to play some fantasy football and to sharpen your skills for fantasy football you're going to want to head to underdog fantasy they allow you to play best ball fantasy football if you're not familiar with what that is that means that all you have to do is draft a team and then every week they play your best players it, like, it reminds me to do that every single week but uh underdog fantasy i need to i have money in my account but i need to uh i, I need to set my rankings they make you set your rankings it's kind of cool. It is good, but like, you know, sometimes I like to just like to know what the just ADP like to, is myself. Just you know? like to roll in. Um, their Best Ball Mania tournament has $10 million. That's an M in total prize money. And the best part is you just draft and that's it. The champion of Best Ball Mania last year drafted in June. So there's no wow. time like the present to join Underdog and take your shot at a million dollar draft. Plus, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code PFF. And there's an even, there's an addition. There's a little cherry on top. 
If you play 10 of those dollars using the promo code PFF, you get a free PFF subscription. This is such a good deal. I cannot believe that we're doing this deal. I got to be very honest with you. I'm going to need to get in touch with uh, Austin and Connor and see what the hell we're doing, how we're giving this away. But we are. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app or go to underdogfantasy.com. Play $10 with the code PFF. Draft your best ball mania team and profit. All right. It's QB tier time. my rankings right now. QB tier time. Oh. Let me remind the people. Last year we did this. Here were your... Uh, here were your tiers. Actually, this doesn't even have your tiers. It has your rankings. Mahomes, yeah, by the way, they weren't my rankings. They, Mahomes, I was being Brady, Rodgers, Wilson, Allen, Prescott, Ryan, Cousins, Mayfield, Jackson. Now, I can't get I can't laugh at you for the Mayfield thing. I had Mayfield in there as well. I don't know what I was smoking, what we were smoking. We both had Cousins top 10, right? And I uh, but that's fine. Um I had Lamar I had Lamar there ahead of uh, ahead of our guy Kirk Cousins. Thank God. To to vend myself, this was a we. I was using, by the way, they're they're going to be up on the website soon. I was using our against the spread numbers for quarterbacks mm -hmm. in the NFL, and there were there were definitive tiers, right? There was the Mahomes, Brady, Rogers tier. There was the Wilson, Allen, Prescott tier. Then there was the Ryan Cousins, Mayfield, Jackson tier that I also believe kept had Kirk Carr. Uh, sorry, uh, Derek Carr, mm -hmm, Kirk mm -hmm. Carr is a, a I Freudian like that a there. Um, and and I I just said those names in that order. That being said, obviously there's a little bit of a dunk for having like I don't know. Interestingly, right, Cousins had a better year last year than Lamar did. Well, yeah, but he, but Lamar, I mean, Lamar's injured. Lamar was injured, but he was not a great passer. He, you know, he was not. He was off to a pretty good. He start, was off to though. a good start. They, they were winning games they because were getting, Lamar was they were being otherworldly. They didn't have they didn't have a ton in the way of support for him. That being said, it's going to be a different ranking this year just because of what we saw in Lamar last year that probably doesn't show up in as our former boss Neil Hornsby would say the numbers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. So, do we want to just? I have I have eight tiers. And, and by the way, the parameters here are the hay is in the barn. We are picking quarterbacks for 2022, so we are not doing kind of what the athletic did or what uh, or what. Yeah, Nick this Hines is not a did. futures draft. This isn't a futures draft. We are going to rank uh, Brady and Mahomes um, the same way. Like we're gonna rank Brady and Mahomes as if this is the 2022 um, you, know, you get this year's yes. version of them and at this point in time we are going to factor in a little bit of what they're making because that's going to influence their performance by who they can have around them but we are not going to be like oh yeah, we're going to ding a, a guy dollar thing. you know we're not going to increase Hertz because he's only making so much yep. money yep okay uh why don't you go first tier one tier one for me in no real order although did you have a criteria for tier one, by the way? Tier uh tier one are players who are seven points better than the than the replacement level quarterback on the point spread. Okay. Allen, in fact, is to me a half point worse than these three guys. Okay. Which is weird because a lot of people are putting Allen first. But I have Brady Mahomes, Rogers, Allen. In and that's in order. No, just just tier one. Just tier one. I mean, it's really hard to Brady's been the best quarterback in the NFL for the last two years. Um, Rodgers has obviously been the MVP, so he deserves a lot of credit. But Mahomes, to me, is the – if I were starting a roster right now, I'd still take Mahomes first. Mm -hmm. there, there's – you know, he has not performed from a statistical perspective as well. But when you look at all the metrics, whether it be like box count above expectation, whether you look at linebacker, you know, how linebackers flow, um, you know, stuff like that. Like Mahomes is just playing a much harder game than all these other players are. The last three years, the wins above replacement, Tom Brady, 12.58, Aaron Rodgers, 11.09, Patrick Mahomes, 10.56, no other players over 10. So Mahomes is third and more over the last three years, and that includes a Super Bowl year for him and a Super Bowl year for Brady. I'm worried I'm going to get flamed for this, but I'm going to stick to my guns here. Um, so tier one, I defined as follows. Aliens who, no matter how far behind they are in a game, they're never out. It's a good way to put it. And I have Mahomes, Brady, and Allen. I didn't put Rodgers in there. Now, the reason I didn't put Rodgers in there is 
I do think it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, it looks like without uh, Adams. And the fact of the matter is, is that it hasn't been good in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, it's just like it hasn't. Allen, Mahomes, and Brady have all done things in the playoffs that are uh, dramatically better than anyone else in the league. And so that's why I have them in tier one. I battled with this a little bit. I actually wanted to put Herbert and Rodgers in there, and I did not. Um, I thought about putting Herbert and Rodgers. Um, I had Herbert and Rodgers in. I took him out. Had Herbert and Rodgers in. Took him out. Um, it's really close for me. So, please, you know, this is not – I'm not trying to draw the ire of Green Bay Packers. You're just trying fans. to draw attention to yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, though, like how – for me, the confidence that I – I thought about it this way. The confidence I would have if I had like – if I had bet on one of these guys to win the game and I'm down 20. Like I have I have faith that Allen Mahomes and Brady are going to find a way to come back and give me a shot. Too many times with Aaron Rodgers, it's like you're down and then you're out, you know? And I don't know that that's Rodgers necessarily. That could be supporting yeah. cast as well, but that's you just – You have to go back, but somebody, somebody for the ringer did look and say like how many times Rodgers has been successful in comeback situations, and it's not that impressive even no, relative to not. other teams. Um, and the majority of his comeback wins, I believe, are against Chicago and Detroit. So there is some like funniness there. Um, well, when you're playing at home, you know. Yeah. Well, so so my my tier one is mostly guys that I see no, I I don't think have weaknesses. Mm. I think Allen's weakness to me and why I have him maybe a half a point less on the point spread is the accuracy thing that got worse last year. But he does have the rushing thing, but I wonder how much longer, you know, like when you look at the linebacker data, like Allen just may, holds linebackers in place because of who he is as a runner. So he adds value there. Um, interestingly with the Packers, and this might be speak to your point, no team flowed against the run more voraciously than teams against the Packers. Like, I think that the interesting thing about this season is the Packers already are kind of a run first team. Like they're set up to be a run first team and people run, you know, so, and part of me is like, okay, they got their defense better. They still have two great running backs. Their offensive line has to get better. Zach Tom is a great draft pick. They get Bakhtiari back and they get Robert Tanyan to run the tight end stuff in the play action game. So there's a part of me that thinks, okay, this team can be better even without, and then the wide receiver play has to emerge. There's got to be two or three wide receivers that emerge, mm -hmm. but they're not working with absolutely nothing anymore with Watson, Watkins, uh, you know, Cobb, and, and Dubes, Dobes, Dubs uh, from from uh, Nevada. My second tier are guys that I think are missing. Just that where you you have to project a little bit for them to be in the top group. Okay, okay? and that is, and I think I'll put this in order. Okay. I think this is in order. Herbert, Burrow, Watson, and Herbert and Burrow are the same to me. Herbert, Burrow, Watson, Jackson, and Wilson. So Wilson Herbert, falls for me from last year. Herbert, sorry, Herbert, Burrow, Wilson. Herbert, Burrow, ja Watson. Oh, okay. Jackson, Wilson. Okay. So, so Herbert and Burrow are missing something in that their game is still, and I mean this in no disrespect, but their game is a little Wentzian right now. Mm. In that. Mm -hmm. In, that is a lot of disrespect. Yeah. But like 2017 Wentz, where were we putting him? I mean, we're putting him here. Yeah, that's fair. And, and and early on in Wentz's career was a lot of suboptimal coaching, you know, run on first down, not the most accurate in the world, and then and then a, a third down bailout. Mm -hmm. Burrow was on this podcast recently at Jeff Ruby's where he said, oh, the sacks I take don't count. Well, he's wrong. Like, Burrow led the NFL in first down sacks taken. Like, there is issue with him. And he was amazing. You watch the Chiefs game, for example, of just absolutely bailing his team out on third down. Mm -hmm. Herbert's sort of the same thing. Like, Herbert's great at everything, but he put himself or they put himself or whatever into a lot of third down. You think about week 18 game, mm -hmm. all of his throws were money on third and fourth down. Like, okay, if that takes a step back, then that you're not getting production commensurate with the tier one guys. Mm -hmm. And so again, talent wise, Herbert's in tier one, but like so far as a production part of it, he's in tier two with Burrow Watson, there's tons of questions about everything with Watson, but the, from the football perspective, it's whether he can play that under center, run the football, boot action kind of offense. When in Houston, he was very much a you know stand in the shotgun and throw to one really good guy a lot, 
and, and move around. Obviously, Jackson. So now, you know, I have him eighth, you know, ish, which is kind of where we had him last year. He moves up a little bit because I was impressed with how much he was able to overcome bad wide receiver play, mm -hmm. bad offensive line play, bad uh, defensive play. But he was not good last year from a accuracy and all that kind of perspective. And then Wilson, like the big question is, can he? Like the the all everybody in tier two is an unquestioned franchise quarterback in my opinion. Hmm. The question with Wilson is, can he do what Rodgers did in 2020 a year early? Because Rodgers in 2019 was not his great self uh, under Nathaniel Hackett the first year. Okay, I am a little, I'm proving to be a little bit more of a a Scrooge here than you, which maybe is par for the course. I actually did not expect this to be the case, but my tier two is. Um, is very simply guys that when they're on their game, they're in tier one, but there are just a few things that show up where you go, sometimes, you know, it's just not quite there. And I actually am not putting Lamar, Russ, or Watson in here because I think they're uh, not, I don't think there are a lot of unknowns there. There are. And the guy that I would, I was most close to putting into this group was Lamar. Um, and I think you could make a case there. But I'm going Rodgers, Herbert, Burrow. And to your point, Burrow took the most sacks in the NFL last year. That is an issue. For Herbert, the question for me is really his offense. Like his offense does not – I mean his average depth of target was, I want to say, bottom seven last year for a guy with a cannon of an arm. That's holding him back a little bit. And we already talked about the Rodgers stuff in terms of, you know, when when the when everything else is falling apart around you, are you um, able to kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps? So I have Herbert, Rodgers, Burrow. And that, of course, means that I'm leaving Watson, Lamar, and Russ uh, out of that group. Okay. So it, it's interesting because I think then your tier three is going to be slightly different than my tier yes. three because my tier three includes two players. Okay, so now you have the two players. So my two players in Tier 3 are, and again, this is where my worldview on Dak has changed. My worldview on Stafford has changed in separate directions. Going into last season, I thought Dak Prescott was a, and again, my opinion on Dak Prescott has oscillated quicker and more, uh, uh, the C on the sign curve is extremely high. The... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that he was – I thought that – at first I thought he was – The podcaster, you have to Wikipedia yeah. sign curve. I, I thought I thought that Dak at first was not worthy of being paid. I thought he was kind of a mid-level quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then when we saw him in 19 and 20, I thought that, okay, this is a franchise guy. Yeah. And then you see last year and you're like, oh, you know, Cooper Rush can come off the bench and beat a decent Vikings team on the road without you. And then you come back and the only teams that you're actually playing against are kind of horrible teams. Um I do believe, though, in my heart of hearts, that Dak Prescott in, can string together four great games and win a Super Bowl. I just don't know if he can do it. I don't know if for a 17-game season he can even compete with some of these top guys. I think the same thing's true about Stafford. Stafford led the NFL in interceptions last year. He was also amazing for half the season and mm -hmm. obviously, evidently, can win a Super Bowl even when things break down. Odell gets hurt. Uh, uh, Robert Woods gets hurt. Um, Whitworth was hurt. Whitworth was hurt for a part of the stretch, and Stafford won a Super Bowl. So, the, tier three to me are guys who are worthy of, are just on the borderline being worthy of the $40, $50 million contract, but those teams are going to constantly be disappointed because you're, you're paying for consistency of top-end play when what you're getting is spurts of top-end play that's probably worth it. I think of it... I think about it, it's like the you know growing up in Minnesota was the Minnesota Twins win 95 games and and get swept every first round of the playoffs, or you can be the Ozzie Guillen Chicago White Sox that never made the playoffs and then one time they make it in 05 and they win the World Series, right? Which one would you rather Ozzie, have? Ozzie Guillen. By the the, the way, tier a, three. These are the Ozzie Guillen White so White Sox okay. quarterbacks. Uh, I like that. The way I classified tier three, I think, was similar, which is so you know tier one they're aliens, tier two. They're usually aliens, but there are times where they're not. And tier three is where the high end is that of an alien, but that high end is happening, you know, 50% of the time as opposed to like 80% of the time. And so I, again, here have Stafford, uh, sorry, Lamar, Russ, Watson, Stafford, Dak, um, kind of in that order. The one for me that is at the top of this tier uh, is Lamar and, and, 
I want to be clear. Last year, last year seems like a down year for him. People need to go back and watch Lamar play football in the first six weeks of the NFL season last year and recognize that he was dealing with a team that was also getting injured. Um, I mean, his number one receiver was Hollywood Brown. <laughs> like, let's not... I mean, Hollywood Brown is a nice little piece here, but Hollywood Brown is not a good number one receiver. That is not a good situation for him. Uh, and the dynamism that he has uh, running the football needs to be taken into account. I will be excited to see how he looks with the, uh, the Ravens this year. I was going to leave Watson off because of obvious reasons. Like, fuck him. Um, but uh, I, I put him on here for the sake of the, of the conversation. Russ... And, and Dak, for me, are interesting because both of them have some big unknowns. I, I also liked putting Dak and Stafford uh, in the same tier because, to me, they've had really great supporting casts in the years where they've been successful. And in years where they've been you know mediocre to average, that has happened a little too frequently, right? Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's you can argue about why that is for Stafford up and down the you know the thing but um obviously as i high-end play is deserving i'm sure there will be people that'll be pissed that i have these guys in tier three but yeah there, so. there's a lot of activity uh in the chat which we love we love having you guys there a lot of people don't even like the herbert thing i, I i'm honest like look i love herbert i think herbert's gonna be great i was wrong about herbert every time i give a academic talk to these sports analytics clubs. I have two slides, one where I'm watching the Rose Bowl betting on Oregon saying he's not a first round pick, right? Like Herbert is a is a cautionary tale for for you know downplaying traits and stuff like that. The motherfucker hasn't made the playoffs yet. Like th when you talk about production, like there are aspects of that team that is not as productive as they could be, right? Like come at me when he makes the playoffs. But he's 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 a tier one talent so far that has had tier two production. That is the that is the truth. And look, so be, people are pissed that he's not in tier one. Yeah, beat Derek Carr in week eighteen. Oh, for fuck's really? sake! Honestly, I thought they would be pissed that he was in in tier two already, giving him too much credit. That's really no. See, like, that's no, really interesting. So that, that's that's your the, bias. That's like talking yeah, to me every day. Yeah, and, and walk talking. To I mean, with guys, me. tier. Tier two is a tier two has Deshaun Watson, who is the highest paid player in the history, the highest biggest guaranteed contract in the history of the league, despite the fact he might be a sex offender. Like the, he's in that he's in that class, folks. Okay. Sorry, uh, tier four. Uh, tier four for me. This is the Kirk tier, and uh, I <laughs> yeah, know that's so funny because that's exactly <laughs> what I wrote. I, and and look, people uh, are going to be mad because the Cardinals are going to be kirked out here. The Kirk Cousins yeah. car tier. Yeah, they're going to be kirked out here because they're going to pay him his money, and then it's going to be a, a privilege for yeah. about four or five years for for Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and company. Um, by the way, on a podcast I do with Seren Petro uh, called Too Deep, uh, we went through tiers of coaches, and I put Cliff Kingsbury in the can't coach tier. Wow. Um, how the mighty have fallen. Um, so this one goes no particular order because look. It's a it's a potpourri of kirkiness here. Mm. Cousins, Ryan, Carr, Tannehill, and Murray. Ryan being in there hurts me because I know that he hasn't been that kind of guy his whole career. Mm -hmm. But I think when you watch Ryan on the Falcons last year, you see exactly his kirkiness. Like that team was dysfunctional and he played to the team. I thought he played well in the first half of the year. There's also an aspect of both Cousins and Ryan, where if you look at their grades, you look at their production down the stretch, mm -hmm. both guys, like Kirk, Kirk's 34 years old. When, you know, uh, my, my buddy, Matthew Collar, who covers the, the Vikings, to, you know, when, when uh, Joe Flacco was 34 years old, he was playing for the Denver Broncos, not the Baltimore yeah. Ravens anymore. Like we, we, we are stunted by all these great quarterbacks getting old and, and growing into it. Ryan got old last year and Cousins got old down the stretch last year as far as arm strength and, and that kind of thing. So these are good quarterbacks. They're quarterbacks that if you did what you did with Stafford last year and you put them on a winning team, you could probably win a Super Bowl. You wow. cannot build if, – if this quarterback is on a team, you cannot build a Super Bowl contender around them because of salary and because of limitations. Okay. You can insert them onto like and so ryan for example you can insert them onto a, a super bowl ready team and win you cannot build a winner around any of these guys this is interesting okay this Anyone. is where i thought we were going to agree very strongly on this we actually disagree here 
So I called this the Kirk tier as well, but my definition for this was I can't sit here and tell you that even with a great team, they're winning a Super Bowl. I can't. I, I, I think I would want to, but I can't. And I also don't have Tannehill in here. I have someone that you don't. I have Carr, Cousins, Kyler, and Jalen Hurts. Okay. And Jalen Hurts I put in here, and the reason I put him in here was I didn't know, I didn't really feel like he felt uh, he fit in any of the others. He was good last year, okay? He had a 77 PFF grade right there with Derek Carr. Um, and, you know, I it, it, he actually had some decent pieces around him. It still wasn't great. I have a lot of excitement. I think his supporting cast is great this year, and I anticipate him being really good. Kyler, on the other hand, I have some real skepticism behind, right? That I don't have a ton of faith in his supporting cast. I didn't like the way he played down the mm -hmm. stretch. So touchdown Houston Maulers, by the way, or Houston Gamblers, by the way, if you're looking for that over in that so game. So this is kind of like two tiers in one. Obviously, you have Carr and Cousins uh, there. I feel like Carr and Cousins are basically the same quarterback, except that I would rather have Carr from a dis from a leadership <laughs> standpoint. And uh, Hertz and Kyler. Why is it okay when people like you say that? And when people like me say that, I'm just a hater. Like, <laughs> you just come out and say like, oh, yeah, like Stefan Diggs wanted out of Minnesota because Kirk was was not a great leader. Uh, Ryan Grant reportedly look, didn't sign with the – he'd rather be unemployed look, than play for the Vikings because he hated I've, Kirk I've Cousins. Told, I've told but, this but story. But everybody else is allowed to say Kirk is a I've told this bullshit story. leader, which is probably true, I've but also not before. great okay. for people to say. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. So on Sunday Night Football, they record the... By the way, great. Chief Matt one calls it, call it Kissing Cousins tier. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's unfair. It's not. That's, that's you thinking the only thing that matters here is Cousins. <laughs> um, the, so on Sunday Night Football, they record the, um, the hype up like speech before the game. Oh, we know. And uh, uh, my first year working with Sunday football, we had a few Vikings games. So the first Vikings game, it's Kirk Cousins. He comes in there and his, his voice cracks. It was, I don't even remember if he said actual words. It was the opposite of a hype up. Literally no one was hyped. We're all laughing. Next time we have the Vikings. Cousins doesn't even get to do Is it the like Linval Joseph? It's Everson Griffin okay, yeah, yeah. the next time. So Well, even the playoff game he won against the Saints, like you remember his like when he was doing the cadence, his like voice would crack yeah, and stuff like I mean that's a that's a little different. Again, but like I, I think you know, I I made a tweet. So let's get back to Hertz, actually, because I made a tweet th this week and I said no one's first time for everything. No one no one no one every every take about Jalen Hurts is wrong, is what I said. I I think including yours, George, like I, I, I and look, I like the situation Hertz is in. I like having Hertz as a quarterback. He earned seven tenths of a win per million dollars spent last last year. Like, or the Eagles did at the quarterback position. He was per dollar the most valuable quarterback in football. You know, if you look at the subtraction, I think more guys like like Burrow, like if you take you know, earned minus you know that that mm -hmm. it, there's the additive aspect you'll you'll go herbert burrow and guys like that but but per dollar if you multiply or divide there he was fantastic the issue is though as a passer he's extremely limited you're looking at 7.2 yards per pass attempt with an average depth of target of 9.9.5 is fine actually but 25 big time throws 23 turnover worthy plays so you're sort of even money there mm -hmm. um you will you, you have only you had 23 turnover worthy plays only 11 interceptions so you're going to get some regression there i think next year the running is fantastic and the running to me is, is great 7.2 yards per pass attempt is very good if you're making what he's making my issue here is my issue here is I think if you paid him forty million dollars, his limitations would be far mm. starker than Cousins car. Like that's interesting. If you put him that, on the Vikings, the Vikings would be worse than if okay. you had Cousins, I think. So that's at that salary. Yeah, that's interesting because I the reason I put Hertz in here was I felt his supporting cast last year was super limited. I mean, let's think about his receiving core for a second. His best Receiver was Devontae Smith, who was a rookie, who I think is really good. Mm -hmm. Who was the second best receiver? Well, they had on that team? Dallas Goddard's a very good player. Uh, you know, they had 
That's that, my point exactly. Miles Sanders is a good guy on the backfield. Offense at the offensive at the at the my line point exactly at, at the line of scrimmage. The Philadelphia and this is why the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be good. And this is this brings their me offensive back, line is great. This brings yep. me back to the the point I want to make about the Eagles. This is, I think, what what says everything about Jalen Hurts. If the Philadelphia Eagles want to go over their win total this year, they should do exactly what they did with Jalen Hurts last year, which is to say, we're not trying to develop him as a passer. We're mm-hmm. going to use him exactly for what he's good at. And that ultimately might hurt Jalen Hurts' stock in the future, but will be better for the Eagles. If the Eagles just say, look, we're not going to try to, we're not going to overdo it. We're not going to try to develop him as a passer. We're going to keep the same run pass rates we had in the second half of the year. The Eagles will be a very good football team. Mm-hmm. If they decide we're go- we have to throw 65% of the time because we need to decide what we have in this asset, they might win only eight games. And I think the Eagles are smart enough to know that like Hertz might not be the long-term answer and that's perfectly fine. And that's part of my whole, everybody's wrong about this team rant is that he's a great value now for four years. He's going to give the Eagles wonderful quarterback play at cost. And he's probably not going to be worth the $40 million that he should ask for if he plays this well and they win with him at quarterback. So that that's where, and so when I go to tier five, this, this is kind of where I'm at as well. So I have Hertz, Mac Jones, Jameis Winston, Tua Tungavailoa, the Niners quarterback. And actually, I don't think I don't care who it is, frankly. Uh, Lance or Jimmy G, I think will give them uh, equal value in in, uh, in median. I think higher floor with Jimmy, higher ceiling with Lance. Fields, Lawrence, Trubisky, and Wilson. I actually think that the sneaky one here is Trubisky. I actually think Trubisky is in this group. I'm giving him some of the benefit of the doubt. That with is Matt a Nagy. lot of benefit of the doubt. I, I think Trubisky's like when you looked at him in the preseason with Buffalo, you look at, you know, when he was in Buffalo being coached by great coaches, the league all of a sudden got hot on him. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's probably something with Trubisky that Matt Nagy was holding back. The Matt Nagy thing's a paradox because that team still made the playoffs twice with Mitch Trubisky and how awful he was touchdown, New Jersey generals for that over. Um, so I think Trubisky is in this group. Okay. I don't. Um, I also still do not have Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill in here. Tier five for me are young guys that still have a ceiling that you can be excited about. And one guy who's a little older, but I think his ceiling is still pretty high. And he's one of our favorites. Uh, it is Trevor Lawrence. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Jameis. Jameis, like Jameis, is being underrated here. He's cheap, and he's talented. Yeah. Like that, that dude led the league in passing yards one year. He's he had yes, it, and I know Blake Bortles had a thirty touchdown season, but Jameis had a when Jameis threw the thirty picks, he threw thirty three touchdown passes. Like that, that it, think about how many drives if he if he gets average interception luck that year, he might have forty touchdowns because yeah. half of those drives he wasn't able to do anything. Um, I like that. Who's your next tier? Okay, my my tier six are guys that need a lot of help just to get to tier five. Okay, and some of these guys can't play, so I'm I'm grouping a lot of folks into this one. Okay, it's a big tier for you. This is a big tier for me. Okay, so this is Mariota, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff. Sorry, self. Carson Wentz. Carson. Big fall for Carson Wentz, by the way, being a Super Bowl quarterback and now being in tier six. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills, and then I'm putting these two guys in here. Because, I don't know, man. I don't see that big of a difference. And in fact, uh, you know, we at times saw something in both of these guys. Sam Darnold and Drew Locke. So they're in that group of guys who can't play. Okay. I didn't make a separate group of like, these guys singularly suck. Mm -hmm. Because I actually think there's something, there could be something in Darnold and Locke. And and I I don't want to give Mariota and guys like that credit they don't deserve. Okay. You were far more generous here than I was. Tier six for me were guys that with a really good offense and a great supporting cast. I think you can make it into the playoffs. And you never know. Like, depending on... You do never know. You just never know from that point on, right? So Jimmy G, this is the Jimmy G tier in my mind. And I put Jared Goff in the Jimmy G tier. I put Matt Ryan in the Jimmy G tier. I have Ryan Tannehill in the Jimmy G tier. And I have um, Daniel Jones in the Jimmy G tier. 
Um, I do not have a lot of the guys that, that you have there. I still don't have Trubisky in here. I do not have Baker Mayfield in here. Um, so, uh, yeah. I To me, this is one where, you know, like, I almost feel bad putting Jimmy G in here because Jimmy G's had so much more success than these guys. But I think it's actually a good, you know, Jared Goff also went to a Super Bowl, right? It's like you have a really unique, uniquely great supporting cast and a great offensive coordinator with these guys. I mm-hmm. think you can go decently far. Um, yeah. Tier seven. Who do you have? I don't. That's it. Oh, so this is the floor is mine. <laughs> the floor is yours. Tier seven. Tier seven is. Uh, but it should be spelled T E A R seven. Okay, so tier seven for me is if you are trying to be optimistic about your season, this is a tough group of of quarterbacks to go in with, but it's not all hope is lost, okay? This is the the not all hope. This is me being positive, Eric. This is the not all hope is lost, but man, there's a lot of question marks. Tyler Huntley, Tua, Baker, Trubisky. Baker. So you you went with Baker because I I just don't see Baker on a team. Like does Baker get on a roster this year? Like do we? I mean Tyler Huntley should 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 be like. Yeah, I yeah Huntley Huntley's a good football player. I mean like, d- like let's be clear. I would start Baker Mayfield over the guys in the the following tier. Tier eight is the you don't have a shot tier. Okay, punt on twenty twenty two. You should tank this year. Tier eight is the T E A R tank tier. The triple T. Carson Wentz. He he is the face of this tier. Marcus Mariota, Davis Mills, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, and all the rookie quarterbacks. And that that, friends, is the correct tiering of the quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should you should like don't even try tier. Yes. Um for just, everybody that thinks we hate your quarterback, unless they're in that tier, we ha- we have at least given them a shot yeah, this year. I have success. hope. I have faith in all the tiers. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your now that we've compared our tiers? What's the one that you now are questioning the most? I have two. I think tiers five and six you could break up more. I just like don't see the biggest distinction with some of these. Mm-hmm. Um, and do they matter? No. I, you taking Watson and Wilson out of tier two makes some sense. Even though, again, my, my criteria is like, I think these guys are unquestioned quarterbacks for a team. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's fair. My, the biggest, well, the, the yeah, two really. that, the two that I'm still really struggling with are Rogers tier one, because the guy's amazing in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to knock him too much for losing Devonte Adams. Um, I can get on board with the Russ Watson stuff, but like, there's a lot of question marks there, right? A mm-hmm. lot of question marks. You know, Russ is Russ has been a guy that has been helped by the fact that he's pl- in some ways. And I, Ben Baldwin, I'd love to have Ben Baldwin on to talk about this. In some ways, our opinion of Russell Wilson has been helped by how stupid his offense has been. Yeah. Right. Because he isn't asked, like, we ass- we make a lot of assumptions about, yeah, like, let Russ cook. They never let him cook, you know? So, like, on a there's play- information There's information in- That we don't totally have, right? There's information in the, le- in the, in the fact that they would not let Russ cook that, like- And he, takes, of- he takes a ton of sacks. Okay. And for Deshaun Watson, like, you were great one year. Watson you are took a-, a lot of sacks, too. Took, took a lot of sacks. You are a person of whom I would not want on my my team. Yes. And um, th- what's the most games you won in a season? Then- uh, hold on. So Watson won two division titles with Bill O'Brien as his head coach. Like I'll, I'll and, and well, okay, yeah, that's fair. I should take that yeah. back. I should take that back. What I meant the to say, tw- the four and twelve season was a bad year, but it was also pandemic. It was True. also the the Bill O'Brien traded as his best target for the second round pick. Wipe that. Uh, cut that out. Cut that out. That was a bad. That was a bad point. Um, the other one that I am struggling with is obviously the Jalen Hurts. I, I feel strongly about him as a total package. I also don't believe yep. his supporting cast was that great last year. I think it will be good this year. Um, 
But this is why we do this. Like we're going to be wrong, and it'll be interesting. I, to see I think where the we're Jalen Hurts right. thing is cool though, because in the in the same vein that like no one's right about Jalen Hurts, like it also means that like I think we're all like humble about what could be the possibilities for him. I think like there's there's a non-zero chance that he could come out and be great and earn that contract. I also think I also think it's just going to be hard because. You know, we've already seen a lot of false positives in the NFL. Yeah. If he comes out and plays okay again, and they make the playoffs and let's say they win a playoff game even, yeah. like it's going to be one of the harder sort of discussions about like, okay, what are we going to do here? Because, you know, they they very much could, like, because the issue is, is at the quarterback position, the only player in the new system that has taken a sort of mid-tier deal after being a starter from it's Blake Bortles. Mm -hmm. And if you're an agent for a quarterback, you're not coming in and saying, I'm going to get the Blake Bortles deal for my guy, Jalen, right? They it's either the Trubisky deal, the Jameis deal, or it's the big time deal. And like, if Hertz plays down the middle football, the same thing's true for Mac Jones. Yeah. Let me actually ask you this question. Let's say that I'm right. Let's say that he is in this tier. Okay. Let's say he is Carr cousins, right? Kyler tier, tier four. Okay, so that's behind, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So he's like QB 12, 13. What What's, do you do with him? What are you doing with him? Uh, yeah, I, I would say the history of paying quarterbacks 12, 13 is really, is really sketchy. So if me, a data-driven person, now there's also the questions about like, you know, team building and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And these are people and they respond to these things. And if you're running the Eagles and, you know, one of the things, the the message you send to your team when you don't re-up a quarterback, you know, that's the same thing with Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar won an MVP, so I think it's a little different. But, you know, the problem is, is these are expensive mistakes when you make them. So I would probably not pay them. I would probably trade them to a team that's desperate. Now, this offseason, we had a lot of trades for quarterbacks, but we also have the musical chairs going off and a guy like Baker has nowhere to go. And Baker's had... You know, I hate to piss off Eagles fans, but Baker's had a similar career to Jalen Hurts. That was not a comp I was expecting. Okay. Right? Like, No, it's a good point. It's a very good point. Egg timer went off and no one wants Baker Mayfield. So that's yeah. that's the risk you run. I'll say this, though. there's the You can say that about their career from a production standpoint overall in aggregate. There might not be two more polar opposites in terms of wanting to root for a guy versus <laughs> kind of yeah, not. Sure, but like, like, like to the point that I think that's a that's a real thing, right? Like mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield does not have goodwill within, and that matters. Mm -hmm. You know, it does Very matter. Does. Jalen Hurts, um, I think, by all accounts, does things the right way. Now, I don't know enough to like confirm that, but that's uh, everything that we've heard. Okay, um, we have a ball sack or just whack. Hit me. All righty. By the way, for as you're pulling us up, for people that are new to the show, new to the syndicate, this is where Eric reads me a tweet. And I have to guess whether it is from the venerable Twitter account, Ballsack Sports, uh, or it is just a terrible take from an actual person. We have, we have, uh, we have, a, we have a couple tweets here. Okay. The first one Let's go. Is, a, is, he was caught in 4K. It's hard to win when your superstar shows up drunk. He should have shown up hungover. We could have said he had the flu. Jason Kidd on the Mavs blowout loss in game one. <laughs> Uh, this is this is a good one because that that picture of Luca having a beer before the game was uh, was apparently not from right before the game. Shockingly, wait a sec. You're talking about some embezzlement yeah, there, right? I know. So this is obviously ball sack sports, but it's well done by them. I bet it got a couple of people. Yeah, well, and he, and that's he's been getting people the whole time. Now there's another tweet from ball sack sports, which is interesting. This might mean we have to retire the segment or we have to find another, or maybe we have a PFF ball sack, mm. uh, uh, account that we, we, we keep the, the thing going ball sack sports. Hey guys, I'm not going to be talking about sports on here as off as often as it's not where my passions currently reside. My heart and passion is really centered on human rights and world issues. And it's been for a while. So I think he's retiring. Wait, I think that's a ball sack tweet. That is a in my opinion, a ball sack tweet within a ball sack tweet. I could you we How could long be ago is this? This morning. That's a ball sack tweet within a ball sack tweet. Okay. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see. 
I think he's bluffing. Yeah. I th based on what I understand, I mean, maybe that's true. And kudos to him. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a ball sack tweet within a ball sack tweet. Yeah. Saying you care about human rights is apparently like political. So I, 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 I commend him for, for saying that's what he wants to do. Um, we'll see how, you know, obviously it was a great run if, it, if it's over. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly, uh, it certainly caught me. I, I know he's been, he's been getting tweeting and dragged a little bit about like, like things that he supports and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see oh, if he continues this way. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Then. Um, uh, New Jersey generals quarterback, Deandre Johnson injured. Luis Perez is, is coming in. He does not, he looks kind of really injured here. Seven, seven, five, 15 oh, no. left in the first quarter. Uh, I don't know. Let me let me check here. Uh, oh, Cameron Young has dropped a shot. He's three back, but uh, we're only through eight. We've got some some opportunities here. Okay, what's your recommendation? This is uh, the segment of the show where each of us give a recommendation. Generally, Eric's are good, and it's either a show or a book or a podcast. And mine get roasted for being um, elitist. Yeah. So the first one um, that I want to do, I've been listening to it. Uh, a fair amount recently is against the rules with Michael Lewis, a podcast. Ooh, it's very, I gotta check that out. Very, very Michael good. Lewis. He talks, and, and DeAndre Johnson appears to need help getting off the field here. So it's the Luis Perez show. Um, he's fantastic. He has three seasons now. The podcast he breaks them up by themes. It's not anything like a normal podcast. Like he like literally reads off a script. It's kind of his writing style too. Uh, one of the best writers, if not the best of our generation. He has a good one there. The second one, and this is a movie, it's on Hulu right now. So you can get it. If you have a Hulu subscription, okay. it's free. And I convinced our colleague Dave Sofaro to watch it last night because I was watching it and it was a vibe. A Beautiful Mind is a great movie. It is a great movie. And, it, and like, <sighs> A Beautiful Mind is a great movie. Russell Crowe, um, you know, is is fantastic he's flexing in that movie paul bettany is like i i think the guy the imaginary friend in that movie is fantastic and i gotta say jennifer conley has it you know she's very good in that movie although as somebody who like used to be a professor like the blatant like illegality of dating your student who's currently in your class mm -hmm. is a little bit of like an embellishment uh that that one always kind of like strikes me as kind of odd and weird but that's like the only problem with the movie in my opinion it's a, it's a great movie. Okay. <laughs> um, I will have, by the way, a recommendation for the folks, uh, a food recommendation, potentially. Ooh. Uh, after, uh, I'm trying something new, and I'm excited to let people know how it goes. Um, it's also something that I found on, uh, on TikTok slash Instagram. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm not one to, to generally do that, but I am trying that. Anyways, this is not what my recommendation is for today. My recommendation for today is both a recommendation and a warning. So my recommendation for today is for all the, the fellas that are looking to get their hair right for the summer, okay? A couple of things for you. Clearly me. The first is what are you washing your hair with? Um, and I have a recommendation for you. It is uh, Kevin Murphy. Um, I use the wash and the rinse. You can go check out what I mean by that on kevinmurphy.com. Um, they're very awesome shampoos. They smell awesome, they make your hair look good. Um, and you can use them every day, which is important for me because I have to wash my hair every day, obviously. Um, and, uh, the second, so sorry, there's a warning there as well. Don't buy it on Amazon. I bought it on Amazon. There are no official sellers of this brand on Amazon. And I got a fake product and I was absolutely livid like i put in my hair like didn't lather it didn't smell good i was so pissed unbelievable so you have to get it on actually, unacceptable kevinmurphy.com um and uh i'll actually tell you which um uh which one i use um because i just bought it and i liked it a lot but i'm forgetting the name here for a second uh the second uh recommendation that i have is a hair product for you after you shower and that's called Layrite. Um, it, you can find it on Amazon. It's like, uh, they have a bunch of different ones. I use just the, like the lowest hold, highest, uh, most matte finish that they have. Um, but they have a ton of good stuff. It smells really good. And, um, I've been using it now for a little bit. I really like it. The, um, let me see, where is the, the Kevin Murphy one that I used. Oh my goodness. 
by the way, whenever you go on a website, automatically has to like give you a let you read the the um, constitution on cookies now. Absolutely ridiculous. You're gonna like this. Um, I'm a big constitution guy. So. <laughs> the uh, the the Kevin Murphy uh, line that I like is called the stimulate me. They have a rinse and a wash. Uh, I just had to get, I knew you'd enjoy that. So um, you can go roast me for my elitist hair takes, but I'm confident that you'll like those things if you use them. That's our podcast. We, we, we got tears done. We got tears done. That's our podcast. We'll be back. We're on Wednesday evening and Sundays with you. We'll be with you throughout the off season. Huge shout out to the syndicate. We love you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday or your week. Peace. <laughs>